This right here is the Thursday, April 14th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. NBA and the final play-in games are set. Big baseball card and everything in between. So sit back and relax. We're going to get you set with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. She is Anita Marks. My name is Joe Fordenball, and we have a lot of information to get to for today and beyond. And let's start with beyond, Anita, because the NBA's final play-in games for Friday night are set. Atlanta's going to be in Cleveland. The Clippers are going to host the Pelicans. The final two playoff spots up for grabs. Since neither of us is on the podcast tomorrow, we might as well share our thoughts on the early openers. So let's start with the first game. The Hawks are laying two and a half, total of 223 and a half in Cleveland after they annihilated the Hornets on Wednesday night. What do you like in this one? Yeah, I love Atlanta only only laying two and a half right now. I, I know no word yet in regard to Jarrett Allen. I do not expect him to play. I think that would be a big caveat for the Cavs if he was able to play. Um, you know, since the All-Star break, they've only won nine games. Their defense is not good. Uh, And they're not a great three-point shooting team. Meanwhile, you've got a Hawks team. uh, They're peaking right now. They're averaging 133 points per game since mid-March. They've won three straight against the Cavs this season. Uh, They've got six players that average double digits whenever they do go up against him. Uh, I also like prop bets. You know me, I I like the prop bets in regard to the player props that that are out there. Nothing is in the board. No way. No way. Except, except, (laughs) though. Except you can wager that Trey Young's going to put up more points than Garland at minus 130. So uh, I've, already, I've already laid some money down on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, last time these two teams went up against each other, um, Trey and crew were just draining three-pointers like nobody's business. Uh, like I said, the Cavs defense, not great without Allen on the court. So I'll, I'll lay the points with Atlanta. Haven't done anything with the side yet. If I was to do something, I'm looking at Atlanta. We'll play the total. Got it at 224. Some shops are down to 223 and a half. I'd still play it. Look at the Hawks-Hornets game. 235 points were scored in that matchup. The Hawks shot 52% from the floor and 50% from deep. Those numbers are not sustainable, in my opinion. Little bit of regression, especially against a Cleveland team that's top five in defensive efficiency. In addition... There were 53 free throws in that game between the Hornets and the Hawks. That is well above the season average when it comes to free throws per NBA game. I think that's going to dip back as well. So you're going to see less scoring as a result. You'll look at that Atlanta-Charlotte pace. It was a very fast game. That will not be the case here. Cleveland plays at a slower pace, under 224, 223 and a half. First wager I made on that game. In the nightcap, the Clippers are laying four, total of 215 and a half against the Pelicans who had their way with the San Antonio Spurs. Do you see the Pelicans getting it done again? What are your thoughts here? I think this is going to be a really close game. So, you know what? I'm going to play the Pelicans and I'll take the four. Thank you very much. Also, again, looking for player player props to come out. You know me. I've been all over McCollum uh, ever since this trade went down. Um, he's uh, He's averaging 28 points a game. Uh, for the Pelicans. So if this point total drops anywhere between 24 or 25 and a half, I'm going to play the over. Uh, I do like that. Uh, Pelicans five and one against the spread as road dogs this season. They're coming in feeling really good about themselves. 
Uh, Ingram, of course, that was a big key in regard to him playing in that that first play-in game. So uh, really, really huge. He's so aggressive in the paint. Um, and uh, he put up 27 points against the Spurs. Meanwhile, for the Clippers, love Paul George's back. Great, averaging 24 points a game. Um, they've won five straight coming into this. And I think, by the way, Joe, I think Norman Powell being active the last two games, dude's averaging 20 minutes in 20, 20 points in 20 minutes. That's a, yeah, that's he's a huge. Point, that's a point a minute, Joe. I mean, I know, you know, listen, I, I didn't go to an Ivy League. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't, you know. <laughs> it, took, it took me a minute to digest that. But nonetheless, I'm going to be keeping an eye on Powell's three-point prop bet that's out there if it's over one and a half I'm on it um he's hit nothing less than three per game his two games that he's been back he's 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 just I mean I know it's a small sample size but I I think he's a big addition especially now in the postseason for the Clippers there's only one Ivy Leaguer on Daily Wager and if you ask him about it he'll tell you about it don't worry about that right there (laughs) (laughs) um for the, hopefully Doug's not listening to today's show. Doug, I love you regardless. Great call on the Hawks last night. Uh, for the Clippers and the Pelicans, I'm going to play the Clippers in the first quarter. That's the first bet I've come up with here. It's minus one. All right, since Paul George has returned, he's played in six total games. The Clippers have been incredible in the first quarter of those games. Five of those six games, they've won the first quarter. They've won all those five games in the first quarter by at least four points. So it's not even close. And you might say, well, it's only four points. Yeah, in a 12 minute first quarter, extrapolate that out, that's 16 points over a full game. That's insane. They're winning the first quarter of those five games by an average of eight points per quarter. So they're blowing teams out. And they did the same thing in Minnesota in the first play-in game. They beat them by six. The only thing, the only game they didn't win the first quarter since Paul George returned and has been active was the first game back against Utah. That's it. Every game since, they've won the first quarter. The Pelicans shot 54% from the floor against the Spurs. They benefited in a huge way from uh, Pirtle and Murray being in foul trouble early in that game. They get one less day of rest. They've got to travel. I think the Clippers jump on them early. I will lay the one. Let's go to baseball. This game's early, 2, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's one of the ones you love, so we're going to wedge it in here. Seattle is a 120 favorite at Chicago against the White Sox. Total is nine. I believe you have a couple plays in this game. I do. Now, dig this, Joe. Winds are 30 miles an hour, gusts up to 55 miles an hour. This is like – Oh my God, this is like, this is going to be ridiculous. Who knows where the ball is going to go? Winds are coming in from right field to left. It's going to be insane. If you have a chance of watching this, I highly recommend you do. I have a feeling it's going to be all over SportsCenter later on tonight. With that being said, how can you not play the under? Pitchers, I mean, like, you know, how are they going to be able to pitch? Guys batting, I mean, I think is it even going to get like, Midway through the outfield, who knows? I just think wind conditions are just going to be wreaking havoc. So I like the under here. Also, Logan Gilbert is on the bump for the Mariners. Great arsenal. White Sox struggle against right-handed pitchers. And, of course, Seattle, as we know, they have a better bullpen. So I like like the under, though, in five-and-a-half strikeouts, by the way. Under five-and-a-half strikeouts, again, because, because the wind conditions. 
Okay. I like Seattle in that game. If anyone's interested at all, White Sox have kind of had their way with the Mariners in this series. I think this is the day Seattle pops. Minus 120 is a little bit more expensive. First five innings, I'd play Seattle as well. 6.40 p.m. Eastern tonight, Miami and Philadelphia in Miami. I'm going to play the over here. You have two options on the market right now. Seven and a half runs, but it's juiced to the over, or eight runs. I'd rather play over seven and a half juiced, minus 120. If you want to play over eight, I would get involved as well, just for a little bit less. Uh, this Phillies lineup is built to mash, okay? Built to mash. You go into a place like, um, uh, I can't remember some of those great East Coast, like Wawa, uh, made to order. This is built to mash. That's what it is. Now, the <laughs> Phillies will go nowhere. I'm a Phillies fan. Ultimately, they will fall flat on their face. But four or more runs in four of six games this season. All those games were in Philadelphia, however, where the weather hasn't really turned yet. First road trip of the year, you're going to Miami. Uh, whether they've got a roof or not, it doesn't matter down there. Weather's good. Conditions are right for hitting. Okay, you're going against Sandy Alcantara. Decent pitcher, not great. Philly's going to put up their share. Miami should score as well. Kyle Gibson's pitching for the Phillies. I think this, this total is down a little bit because Gibson had this great first start, so they figure the Phillies are going to lock down the Marlins. I don't see it. It was against the A's. The A's are terrible. They traded away all their bats. And Gibson's a guy who last year with the Phillies had an ERA north of five. So I think we're getting a good price here. Go over seven and a half with the juice. Play over eight if you need to as well. 5.14 p.m. Eastern, Milwaukee, laying 145, minus 145 against the Cardinals. What do you have your eye on in this one? Listen, I picked the Cardinals to win this division, and I like them today on the money line, and you get it at plus 120. Adam Wainwright's on the bump for him, um, for the Cardinals. Six scoreless innings he pitched on uh, on, on their first day, and uh, you've got the Brewers. Woodruff is, is, is pitching for them. He had a rough go against the Cubs. Uh Three walks, he hit two batters, and gave up seven earned runs. So, uh, also, I know it's a small sample size. Season just started, Joe, but you've got a Cardinals team, second-best offense so far in Major League Baseball. So, I'm all over the Woo. cards, and I love the fact that you can get them at plus 120. Okay, keep it moving. 8, 10 p.m. Eastern, Kansas City and Detroit. The country's been waiting for us to talk about this game. Everyone's going to be watching it tonight. Royals and Tigers. Eyeballs like none other. Totals eight and a half. I'm playing the over. Casey Mize is pitching for Detroit. Average at best. Uh, we saw him in his debut. He was touched up by the White Sox. No shame in that. The White Sox are going to blow up a lot of people this season. For the Royals, it's the throwback to Zach Greinke, who's taking the mound. Greinke, look, it's name only right now. It doesn't mean he stinks, but he's not what you remember. All right? He's 38 years old. He's coming off a season with a 4.16 ERA and the second worst strikeout per nine inning ratio of his career. The only one that was worse was early in his career in 2005. All right, these two teams are tied for most runs allowed in the American League at 34. Total sitting eight and a half. I don't believe in Grinky. I don't believe in Mize. Um, if I was John Lennon, I'd say I don't believe in Beatles. I just believe in me. This situation, I believe in the over. I don't know where I'm getting some of these lines today, by the way. None of this material is written. It's all improv. <laughs> I'm going over eight and a half runs. Before we say goodbye, since Anita Marks is on the show, we always have to hit some golf. Uh, we have Woo! the RBC Heritage. Anything in mind you want to share with the people? Yeah, and you need to jump on this because uh, at 1.30, Hadwin, Adam Hadwin, tees off. I like him in his three ball. You can get it at plus 140. He's got three top tens in his last three starts. 
strokes gained on approach. He's crushing it. Last week, um, he was home resting while everybody else was teeing up at Augusta. And uh, last time he played here, he tied for 22nd. And also, Kanaya is another guy I like. He's teeing off at 140 this afternoon. You can get him winning his three ball at plus 125. Driving accuracy, he ranks in the top 40 this season on the tour. And last week at Augusta, he hit 13 of 14 fairways uh, in his last uh, his last round. So, and that's a really crucial stat metric. Playing at uh, playing uh, at Harbor Town for the Heritage, you've got to hit the fairways. You're in the rough. You're dead. So, uh, so two three balls that I like that you can get on. Again, uh, Hadwin at 130, Kanaya at 140. Excellent stuff as always. And that, ladies and gentlemen, brings down the curtain on today's show. Thank you so much for checking us out. Daily Wager today has been bumped up an hour. Red alert, it's been bumped up an hour. ESPN2 at 5 p.m. Eastern rather than 6 p.m. Eastern. And then on Friday, we're back to our normal 6 p.m. Eastern spot. She's Anita Marks. I'm Joe Fordenball. Best of luck tonight, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.